0: started and stopped recording this podcast like 10 times already because I'm trying to find the right way to summarize the introduction to this expose on Chicago Gaming Company. And the reason why I'm sort of going back and forth and how I want to articulate this is I thought this would be easy on episode 475 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. I thought it would be really simple to talk about a company that has only released three games so far. We talked about Jersey Jack already, and they've released five games, and it was easier to figure out the story of Jersey Jack Pinball than it was to figure out the story of Chicago Gaming Company. We talked about American Pinball, and their two titles, and it was easy to understand the origins of American Pinball and discuss that company. Chicago Gaming Company, a whole nother beast. It's a company in which... Many of us might be confused about the origins of Chicago Gaming Company Many of us might be confused about who had the rights to what When was which game unveiled, when were games supposed to ship There's a lot of moving parts And as I started to unravel the puzzle that is the Chicago Gaming Company The story got more and more interesting when I looked at it from the very beginning Of when they first announced they were going to remake Medieval Madness And then I went on this journey and I I was committed to trying to get to you, the listener, the key milestones in the accurate order in which things took place. And trust me, that sounds a lot easier than it actually is because this company has been all over the place in terms of what year they said stuff, when they announced things, when things were revealed, when things were shipped. Personnel changes, manufacturing changes, it's been all over the place. And so I really do find this story to be very interesting because for a company that has simply remade three games that were already popular, this company has had a lot of twists and turns and a lot of different moments that I think have defined what this company is for a lot of people. And the reason why I'm calling this podcast the Chicago Delaying Company is if you were to zoom out the delays have really been the main thing that people identify with with the chicago gaming company now that does not mean they don't make phenomenal products i think the other thing is this the wait has been worth it for so many people and when they finally do get the game in the box people are in love with the remakes that came out of chicago gaming company i mean they didn't just take old games and make them again they enhance them in so many great ways. And I, I have stood over uh, the, the Monster Bash remake. I've stood over Attack from Mars. And I've stood over Medieval Madness remakes. And they are works of art. Pictures don't do them justice. But if I also were to ask you a question, and I'm, I'm curious if you know the answer, if you could just say it out loud. Do you remember what year Chicago Gaming Company unveiled to the world that they were going to remake Medieval Madness? I mean, when did they first announce it? It's 2020 right now. What if I told you the year in which they announced they were going to do remakes was all the way back in 2013, seven years ago, this company put themselves on the map, but that's not exactly accurate. So we're going to start this tale on Chicago Gaming Company by starting off with Where did Chicago Gaming Company come from? You might hear people refer to this company as either Chicago Gaming or Chicago Gaming Company. It sort of goes by both names. They were officially announced in 2001. So that is the origins of Chicago Gaming Company. But this company is not by itself. Chicago Gaming Company is an offshoot of a company named Churchill Cabinet Company now churchill cabinet company has been around since 1904 and they are located in chicago and they are masters of woodwork and they've been making cabinets for decades and working with wood for decades now the year in which i believe they started applying their woodworking skills into the arcade scene was 1977 and they started making pinball cabinets pinball back boxes and pinball play fields. And you know them because their products, Churchill products, have made their way into Stern machines in the form of cabinets and play fields. They've also made play fields and cabinets for Jersey Jack pinball, and they've made arcade cabinets for raw thrills. So they are the offshoot of Churchill, that is Chicago gaming. And so they've been making primarily, since 2001, what they've been making are more arcade games and redemption games. They were not making any pinball machines prior to Medieval Madness Remake. So them jumping into the pinball world was really big news. Because remember, these guys were vendors for some of the biggest pinball company, if not the biggest company, Stern Pinball, relied heavily on Churchill Cabinets. For, for cabinets and for playfields and back boxes. So, so the fact that they were going to make their own pinball machines based upon some of the classic titles that everyone loved was a really big disruptive move in the pinball landscape. And we're going to talk about that, okay? So where does it all begin? Where does Chicago Gaming first fire a shot that it's going to remake some of the greatest titles of all time? Well, the truth is It doesn't even really begin with Chicago Gaming Company. It begins with another pinball company called Planetary Pinball Supply. Now, Planetary Pinball Supply was created by Matt Cristiano and Rick Bartlett. Now, in 2010, these two gentlemen, Rick and Matt, they acquired the rights to the Bally Williams titles that everybody knows from Mr. Pinball Australia. Okay, and so now anyone who wants to remake a Bally Williams game has to go through Planetary Pinball Supply. So these gentlemen were really smart in acquiring that license. So when the news came that Medieval Madness was going to be remade, it wasn't actually announced by Chicago Gaming Company in 2013. It was actually announced by Rick and Matt at Planetary Pinball. And let's now look at how they made that announcement way back in 2013 at Pinball Expo. So at Pinball Expo in 2013, the seminar was actually called What's Happening at Planetary Pinball. Now they they went over a bunch of other things happening, but the real big news was at the end of their seminar, they announced that they were going to remake Medieval Madness with a partnership with Chicago Gaming Company. 1,000 machines were said to be made, manufactured by Chicago Gaming, with the play field produced by Churchill Cabinet Company. Doug Duba from Chicago Gaming came to the stage to talk about his company's history in CoinUp, And then we started to get some of the details of how they were gonna do their remake. The game was going to cost $7,995 with a $1,000 deposit. The remaining balance would be due one week before the game ships. Approval for the remake from Williams should be completed in two weeks, they said. So they were, you know, they were doing, they're still doing some licensing and, and getting some agreements together. And the existing Planetary Pinball distributors would handle all the orders around the world for this game. So you were still buying this game from Planetary Pinball, not through Chicago Gaming Company. This is how it started. They offered a 180 day warranty on electronics and a 90 day warranty on playfield parts. Specific game numbers, they said, would be available for a fee. And a delivery date was anticipated. This is, again, remember this date. When they announced this at Expo in October, they anticipated the games would be delivered by Q2 of 2014. Do you see why I called it Chicago Delaying Company? The only visible difference between these remakes and the original game is the remake will not feature Williams branding. So when you bought a, a remake of this game and it still doesn't have it on there, you won't see the Williams logo on the back box. Uh, internally, though, there are several several differences. A new CPU board has been made with the drivers, part of a large board set under the play field. The game will have LEDs throughout and a shaker motor pre-installed. The game will have artwork decals on the cabinet. All right, So and I'm looking at it right now. So I'm looking at the the way they were announcing this thing, there was actually an order form. And I'm staring at the order form right now. It's got the Medieval Madness logo in the upper left. It says Pinball Expo 2013 pre-order form, $7,995 MSRP. And it says right below that that this game is available in Q2 2014. And they're asking for your name, your address, your telephone number, and your preferred distributor. So they listed out all the distributors of planetary pinball that you could choose to buy the game. Now there are some terms and conditions. I'm trying to zoom in on this sheet. There's a $1,000 deposit required. Distributors were prohibited from taking deposits in excess of $1,000. So they were not allowing people to pay more. Okay. So what's really interesting, what's really interesting about how they did this when they said, you know, you only have to pay, you, you can put a deposit down, it's refundable, and we're not going to ask for the rest of the money until the game is ready to ship. What's, I want you to remember that because part of what happens with this game is delays. And then distributors started to create an arbitrary date in which you could not get your refund back. We're going to talk about that. But again, I, I really think these guys, like most people, figured out that some for some reason, Manufacturers and pinball startups, when, whenever they start to map out the timeline of when they think games will ship, why are they always so far off? And They're not just off by weeks or months, they're often off by years in which a game will actually make its way into a consumer's household. So I'm just going to do a little... I'm just going to fast forward for you so you you can understand what I mean by that. So this game was announced at October's Expo in 2013. They said the games would be available by Q2 of 2014. Any guesses out there on when games actually made their way into people's homes? And and we're just going to jump forward in history right now. The first Medieval Madness remakes did not start appearing in people's homes until January of 2016. So Q1 of 2016, so almost two years later, Then they promised, as their order form suggests, two years delayed to get the game. And we're going to talk about what happened in that two-year period because it's really interesting. So obviously people go bonkers for this game and they sell out immediately. Remember, Medieval Madness, they were selling on the used market. Good examples of original titles were going anywhere from 12,000 all the way up to even like 15 dollars $18,000 for a Hep Restored Medieval Madness. So to get a brand new game, new in box with all new LEDs and internals, was music to every pinball collector's ears, and they sold every thousand LEDs that they announced. Now, it was so popular that after they realized, well, wait a minute, we sold every single game pretty much immediately, what are we doing? Like, why would we only make 1,000 versions of this game? So almost like three days later, Planetary Pinball comes back and announces that they're actually going to make more games. And so they actually, on October 19th, they announced, due to overwhelming demand for Medieval Madness Limited Edition Remake and to allow more people who may have missed out on the opportunity to get the game, we have decided to announce a standard version of Medieval Madness Remake, which can also be pre-reserved with a $1,000 deposit through Planetary Pinball Supply or through your local authorized distributor. Uh, the Medieval Madness standard will come with original standard playfield clear coat and no shaker motor. Uh, and so for those of you who remember the history of this game, the LE also came with, I believe you had the option between a black armor and a gold armor on your game. And the dots would be colored. Now, this was before they had the wide screen that you see on Attack from Mars and Monster Bash Remake. See, it was weird, right? It was weird that they announced it that you were only going to get... One layer of clear coat, like standard playfield clear coat. And everyone sort of lost their minds and was like, what are you talking about? Like, how are you actually going to make a game? with less clear coat or not protect the play field as well as you could. And they immediately did a Mia Copa and they announced the following, just got off the plane and taking some feedback. And we've decided to include the double hard clear coat on all LE and standard Medieval Madness remakes it's like wow thanks so much guys you're gonna give everyone a good clear-coded game and I, when i hear stories like this and how i don't know how many of you remember these kinds of stories but it once again just highlights when these pinball companies make decisions they don't really have a plan or a strategy It's like, all right, well, let's only make a 1,000 Medieval Madnesses. Okay, demand's way higher. Okay, let's just announce that we're going to make an unlimited amount of standard edition games. So immediately, this game went from being like a collectible in which they were only going to make a 1,000. Let's lock in those 1,000 people's deposits. And then when they realize there's more demand, oh, let's just announce we're going to make more games. Oh, but then we got to make the LE people feel like their game is more special. So what can we do? Why don't we only put one layer of clear coat on the standard games and say that the LE guys are going to get better clear? Like, what a bonehead stupid decision that was to try and hold hostage a quality playfield for the LE people only. Now, again, this is not Chicago Gaming Company making these moves right now. These are these are planetary pinball decisions, and you might be like Canada, what are you doing? This is about this is a, a podcast about Chicago Gaming Company. Why have you only talked about planetary pinball? And and do you understand now? why this is confusing to me when I was doing my research on Chicago Gaming Company, because there's almost like a point in which at the very beginning, Chicago Gaming is just the vendor making the game that Planetary Pinball wants to make, and Planetary Pinball is calling all the shots. And at some point that baton is passed to where Chicago Gaming Company is the externally facing entity that is making these remakes and not Planetary Pinball. But at the beginning, It was Planetary Pinball calling all the shots and having all the seminars and sort of standing in front of the project. Now, the big announcement comes next is who's going to make these games? And so you've got a thousand Medieval Madness orders. You've got hundreds more people that want the standard edition game. Chicago Gaming Company has not made pinball machines before. Remember, they've made cabinets and back boxes. They have no idea how to screw together a fully assembled pinball machine. So what do they do? How does Planetary Pinball and Chicago Gaming Company now go build the games that all these people want that they promise would be built in Q2 of 2014? So they turn to the only company on the planet that can actually help them make games and make games quickly. They turn to Stern Pinball to make the games. Really, really interesting dynamic. Let's read word for word the press release that announces that Stern Pinball and Chicago Gaming Company have joined forces to manufacture Planetary Pinball's Medieval Madness remake. Are you confused yet about how many players are on the court? Thank you. Now you understand the pain I've been going through putting this podcast together. But let's read what they said. Now, I'm going to read this announcement exactly how it's written. And I'm going to read it every letter the way it is written in this press release because they start using abbreviations for each company. And I swear to you, it is the most gobbledygook press release. If your head's not spinning after you hear a couple paragraphs from this thing, I don't know what will make your head not spin. So let's read it word for word. Here we go. May 14th, 2014. Planetary Pinball, comma Chicago Gaming and Stern Pinball announced specialty manufacturing arrangement. Planetary Pinball Supply, PPS, and Chicago Gaming Company, CGC, and Stern Pinball Inc., SPI, today announced a specialty manufacturing arrangement pursuant to which SPI will make its manufacturing facility available to PPS and CGC to assemble their remake of the Medieval Madness MMR pinball game cgc which has a long-standing business relationship with spi will assemble the game for pps in spi's factory using spi's factory labor and production line assets the game will be assembled with parts supplied by cgc which consist of original wms specification parts combined with the new electronics and lighting systems designed by cgc final packaging and shipment will be from cgc okay WTF people, what the F? Who, who the hell? Who the hell just, just keep using these like three-letter abbreviations of every company? This is the worst bunch of like gobbledygook communication ever. Then goes on to say, We think this arrangement provides the best solution to ensure the timely delivery of a high-quality game for our customers who wish to own this legendary title, said Rick Bartlett, president of PPS. We have a long-standing relationship with SPI and its high capacity manufacturing operation will allow us to complete the MMR games in a timely fashion, added Doug Duba, president of CGC. We're looking forward to helping PPS and CGC exceed the expectations of medieval madness pinball enthusiasts, said Gary Stern, president of SPI. This is the worst press release I've ever had the pleasure of reading in my entire life. This this says it all. CGC, WMS, SPI. This is why I, I think this entire arrangement, it didn't work out. It's all over the place. Who's in charge of this game? Who's in charge of the quality control of this game? Who's calling the shot? Is it Planetary? working with Chicago Gaming? Is it Chicago Gaming's relationship with Stern? And and how, how is this not a conflict of interest for Stern Pinball to now be making a game which is taking buyers away from your clientele and your target consumers, right? It was weird to begin with that Stern Pinball would contract manufacture a game and build the game for someone else who's actually competing with them. It really did make no sense from the very beginning. So, it shouldn't be of surprise to anyone that this sort of triumvirate, these three power players in pinball, it doesn't really work out, right? We know how this story ends. Now, that was May 14th of 2014. Now, remember what I said. Games don't get into people's homes until January of 2016. So, this partnership was a total, total fiasco. And when you really think about it, too, I'm trying to make sense of it even as I think about it right now. You've got Stern as the manufacturer being supplied with the electronics of the game from Chicago Gaming Company. Churchill is supplying the cabinets and the play fields, but Churchill is really the owner and the origins of Chicago Gaming Company. You've got Planetary Pinball, who's been the most vocal up to this point, who's just the license holder unbelievable, right? What a disaster. And so what happens now is this arrangement starts to actually make some games at the very beginning. So at 2014, 2015, that is the period in which Stern Pinball is tooling up to make Medieval Madness remake games. Now, nobody gets their game in 2014. Nobody gets their game in 2015, but games start to be manufactured. Now the speculation is this. The speculation is that Stern Pinball is not making this game a priority for obvious reasons. And so the Stern Pinball starts to make some of these games when they have room on the line for it. But this This game is not being prioritized. Stern Pinball, we know Stern Pinball can knock out a thousand games like it's nothing, but it does not. It does not continuously make Medieval Madness remake games. In fact, there are periods in which Stern Pinball starts to manufacture a few of them and then manufacturing pauses and there's delays and delays and delays. And so somewhere along the line, Somewhere along the line, between 2014 and 2016, the relationship between Chicago Gaming Company, Planetary Pinball, and Stern Pinball completely collapses, and the decision is made to yank manufacturing of the game from Stern Pinball and for Chicago Gaming Company to manufacture the entire game in-house at Chicago Gaming. They've already got the wood there, it's Churchill basically. They're the ones who are supplying Stern with the electronics for the game. So basically, let's just screw it all together ourselves is the decision that is made. The implications of what happens between 2014 and 2016 sets the wheels in motion for what I am considering to be one of the biggest disruptions to ever happen in the history of pinball manufacturing. and. As consumers we didn't really see this on the surface but you definitely felt it with products that you got around this time period and and I'm talking no other than when Chicago gaming company brought back into their own house the manufacturing of medieval madness that didn't just mean that Stern wasn't gonna manufacture the game anymore it actually set the wheels in motion and completely destroyed the relationship between Churchill Cabinet Company and Stern Pinball. Because when they made the decision to bring it internally, clearly this was not an arrangement that ended well. And so Churchill made the decision to no longer supply cabinets and play fields to Stern Pinball, and they would bring that work internal. See, this was like Churchill had Stern by the cojones here. We've been making your cabinets. We've been making your play fields. If we walk, if we walk, good luck trying to create the same quality products we've been providing for you for decades. And you know which game this happened in the middle of? You know which game? was the first Stern title in which Stern had to figure out how to make the playfields and the cabinets in-house or find other vendors because Churchill was no longer going to supply them with the game, playfields, or the cabinets. And guess which game it was? The game which had the greatest quality control issues in the history of Stern releases since I've seen Stern release games. And it happened right when Ghostbusters was announced and shipping. So Ghostbusters playfields were originally all supposed to be made by Churchill. But because of this medieval madness issue and, and Chicago gaming taking the game back in house and Churchill saying F you to Stern, Stern was forced to find a new solution for their play fields. And that's why, if you're wondering why, all those Ghostbuster games had crappy inserts and poor play fields. If you're wondering why Stern cabinets all of a sudden didn't have the same quality that they had before and we start to see Stern cabinets cracking left and right on new games, why do you think that is? Because Churchill, their supplier for decades, had left. And it, this is to me, this is the biggest part of this whole story, even more so than these remakes, is that Churchill and Chicago Gaming Company no longer were going to supply Stern Pinball with the materials that so many consumers were used to getting. And Stern's quality really went downhill once this move happened. And speaking of quality, when the Medieval Madness games hit consumers, people started to notice inconsistencies in the quality of the game, and mainly around the play field and the playfield artwork. The inserts on the game, some of the inserts were really transparent and see-through. It was hard to read the black text when the game was lighting up. And this started an entire sort of crisis for the Medieval Madness remake buyers because people were spending $8,000 on these games and they were highly collectible and people wanted them perfect. And this is the first sort of really major issue we've seen with playfield and playfield issues and the quality of of the artwork on a playfield and insert issues. And so I'm not still to this day, I'm not sure why the screen printing process that was used for the medieval madness remake games had such problems uh, when they first made these games. And I'm not sure if they're blaming Stern, I'm not sure what the issues were, but ultimately this was the solve and this is interesting as we're going through the same issues right now with Stern and Jersey Jack Pinball with clear code issues the solution that they offered customers who were having issues back then where you could buy a new unpopulated play field for $200 uh, and you had to pay for shipping they didn't really go over very well with the community because this was never like an official Chicago gaming company announcement they never really came fully clean on the issue with the game and People were told that this is what the solution was, sort of behind the scene. They weren't very transparent about this issue. And it just goes to show, and we saw this with Ghostbusters. We've seen this with other games. We've seen it with Jersey Jack games. If you don't get the play field right on a game, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. People are spending a lot of money on these games, whether it's a hot title or, or a mediocre title. Nobody wants to see these games coming with defective play fields. And so this has happened a lot in Pinball. It happened with Ghostbusters, it happened with Medieval Madness Remake. Now, I will say that we have not seen similar playfield issues on Attack from Mars or Monster Bash Remake. So whatever the issue was with the screen printing on Medieval Madness, that issue was fixed. I've glossed over a few other moments in the Medieval Madness sort of storyline. As you can see, there's a lot of moving parts. One of the things that I didn't mention yet was there was a period in which distributors were telling people they had to lock in their deposits for Medieval Madness or they were going to uh, lose the game or their spot would be non-refundable. And that happened in 2014. A lot of distributors were telling customers by July 10th, your deposit is non-refundable. So you either get your money back or you forfeit your spot. And what was really unfair during this period was that they weren't close to getting games out the door and they kind of knew that. And yet consumers were being told that they had to lock their money in. And if you locked your money in in July of 2014, you had another year and a half before you were ever going to get a game they just didn't understand how long it would take to get that first game into boxes and into the homes of consumers. All right, so like you can see how I'm like, I'm like already exhausted, we're still on game title, we're still on game one, I'm exhausted telling this story and games haven't really arrived yet. So let's fast forward to March of 2016 through March of 2017. So we finally have Medieval Madness remakes are shipping, people have them. Then the focus turns on game number two. So March 2017, Chicago Gaming Company is building their medieval madnesses and and everyone is speculating about what game number two will be. And the speculation is that it will be Attack from Mars Remake. They officially announce Attack from Mars Remake at the Amusement Expo in Texas right before Texas Pinball Festival. This is where Chicago Gaming Company officially unveils Attack from Mars Remake. And this is really where Chicago Gaming Company is the focus of this initiative. We no longer start to hear like Planetary Pinball unveiling it. Unlike the Medieval Madness sort of debacle in terms of how many they're going to make and how many trims they're going to be, they really knock this reveal out of the park. So Attack from Mars remake, it's almost as if they learned all the lessons from their Medieval Madness mistakes. They were building the games in-house, but they actually did another super, super smart thing. They copied Stern Pinball's three-tier model for releasing a game. And this has been something that every major pinball company out there has always struggled to find the right way to appeal to collectors, appeal to operators, and then appeal to people who just want all the gameplay features, who might not care about all the fancy trims and armor and all the stuff that the LE guys go crazy for, and it's worked. It's worked perfectly, and so when they announced Attack from Mars Remake, they very much copied Stern Pinball's three-tiered model. Now, I'm, I'm not going to go over each model and how much it costs and everything, but, you know, the Pro was around 6000 and the LE was around $7,995, and there was also a 1,000 units. Now, what really stood out for the Attack from Mars launch was the topper. They made one of the most amazingly sculpted, interactive toppers that people had ever seen in a pinball game, and it came standard. Included on each game was that topper, so was the option of that beautiful green armor, full LED lighting. The game was gorgeous. The game was gorgeous. And I think when they showed this game and they showed the big screen with all the nice dots and the reanimation of the graphics people knew from Attack from Mars, this was the moment in which Chicago Gaming Company showed the world that not only can they remake these classic games, that they can enhance them to the point that actually makes the remakes, I think, much, much of a better value proposition for consumers. I mean, the fact that that topper is included on every LE, and and these LEs are $8,000. These games, remember, they're $1,000 cheaper than a Stern LE, and a Stern LE is not built as well, doesn't have as much in the game, and doesn't even come with accessories like that topper. And so it's safe to say that this game, again... Phenomenal, phenomenal response to Attack from Mars remake and the LEs ended up selling very, very quickly and they sold all thousand units. And so gone are the days of which people have to wait years now to get these remakes as well. So when this game was announced Attack from Mars in March of 2018, they also let people know that production would happen in the same year that it was announced. And so they had a very ambitious timeline for this game it was announced in March, and Doug Score said that the game would be in production in May of the same year. He wrote Very pleased to share with the pinball community that Chicago Gaming is on course to start shipping Attack from Mars in May as promised. A lot of effort, money, and time has been spent in designing an incredibly efficient and flexible production line. With almost six months in the making, it was necessary to first move several departments around in our 100,000 plus square foot building to clear the space for our pinball production facility. In the various work cells, production of AFM sub-assemblies is well underway as you can see in the photos. First production test play fields are already on the line as well by early June, we hope to be providing our dealers with a reliable production schedule so that they can inform their customers with some sense of a delivery window." Okay, so production starting in May does not mean games were shipping in May, but I think what was great about this transparency, and we all wanna see it, right, is Chicago Gaming Company realized that there were so many delays with Medieval Madness Remake, that they were going to share with us a much more realistic time frame on when these games were gonna be available for consumers. And so then, then something you know happens that is just sort of weird and wonky. So here you have a company that is trying really hard to create demand for their existing titles, and all of a sudden, out of the blue, Rick from Planetary Pinball drops a bombshell. As this company just wants people to focus on Attack from Mars Remake, Rick from Planetary posts something and says something and basically spoils the titles that Chicago Gaming Company is planning to remake in the future. And you know that this is a huge trade secret for this company. They don't want their future titles to be out there before they're ready to be revealed because if people are a big fan of, let's say, Tales of the Arabian Nights and they hear you're going to remake it, they might pass up on buying Attack from Mars because they know that the game they'd rather have is also going to be remade. So it's super important to Chicago Gaming Company to keep all future titles close to the vest and not reveal what they are. But Rick from Planetary in 2018, he writes the following. A little clarification. We have at least seven Medieval Madness, Attack from Mars and at least five more remakes coming. All are products of Chicago gaming and licensed through Planetary Pinball. PPS is in constant contact with Chicago gaming company on the games in development We provide the approvals as well as the blueprints, some parts, and review feature sets and pricing. But in general, the games are Chicago gaming product. And of course, we spend a lot of time feeding them with input, highlighting any issues, all to try to make the best game possible. PPS also happens to be one if not the largest remake game distributor. What I can tell you is that in the list of likely remakes are Cactus Canyon, Monster Bash, Theater of Magic, Big Bang Bar. That list may change as other games become more interesting to add in based on desirability. We also have the source code for these games, so any deficiencies in the original code could be addressed with a couple of different approaches. Each game is getting new core features like the large color display that will be incorporated into future releases and game number three will have additional features as well. Okay, so right there, right there, Rick spoils, spoils Chicago gaming company's ability to have some sort of creative secrecy and he tips the hat to the titles that they're going to make. And now if you want a Big Bang bar or you want a theater of magic or you want a Cactus Canyon and you don't want to attack for... This was so idiotic. This was so idiotic that he did that. And and you could see Chicago Gaming Company still to this day, they're still backtracking from what Rick said there. You can't unsay it. And it's part of the reasons why I think people now, you you lose a little bit of the luster because when you see that Rick said that they're making seven titles, they've released three of them over seven years. So that means there's four more to go in the remake pool, and if it takes seven years to make three titles, how long is it going to take them to make those additional four titles? And throw into the mix now that we know they're also gonna be making original games as well. Okay, but the story's not over. We're gonna to get to what I think the future holds for Chicago Gaming Company. But let's let's finish up on the three titles and put a bow on it and then move on. So part of the communication from Doug was that Chicago Gaming Company, and this is we're still in the year 2017, so I know we gotta go back a little bit, but at the end of 2017, Chicago Gaming Company told the world that they should expect to see game number three at Texas Pinball Festival in March of 2018. And specifically, this is the language that Doug said. Pin number three is scheduled to be released at the Texas Pinball Festival on March 15th, 2018 in Dallas. We are super excited to see everyone's response to pin number three. Once again, we have raised the bar while putting amazing value in each of the three models. If you've never attended TPF, it's quite the event. Book your trip now. Now, as we get closer to TPF, now remember, now we're into like the first half of 2018. As we get closer to that show, reality sets in and we hear that Chicago Gaming Company will not be showing game number three at TPF due to delays. So that's all they say is games delayed. Chicago Delaying Company, once again, the game was not ready. Now, the speculation is that it was going to be Monster Bash, and the speculation was there was just holdup in terms of getting licensing agreements. Uh, Maybe it's Universal that owns the license to all those monsters in Monster Bash. Whatever it was, they were not able to get the game to TPF. And then a huge thing happens to Chicago Gaming Company. The man that had been the face of the company within the community, the man that was the transparent communicator the man that was always giving updates on where things were with games, he leaves Chicago Gaming Company. Doug Score leaves Chicago Gaming Company and goes to Stern Pinball. And again, if this is not a crazy move, right? Because remember, Stern Pinball is the company that Chicago Gaming Company completely burned when Churchill and CGC decided to no longer supply Stern. These are enemy companies. These companies aren't friendly with each other. So why did Doug leave to go to Stern Pinball? I don't know, but I want to read. Stern Pinball didn't have a problem with putting out a press release when they stole Doug away from CGC. And this happened on May 29th, 2018. Stern Pinball, a global lifestyle brand based on the iconic and outrageously fun modern game of pinball, announced today the appointment of Doug as director of export sales. Doug will report to chief revenue officer John Buscaglia, and work alongside founder and chief executive officer Gary Stern to service and grow export markets. Doug's post positions include serving as vice president of the SCORE family-owned commercial distribution company, Worldwide Distributing, President of Deutsch Wortlitzer, USA, Vice President of EDC Gaming, and Vice President of Chicago Gaming Company. I have known Doug for decades, both through our family's friendship, and his game business activities. He is well known. Known and experienced in the amusement game industry, both domestically and abroad, said Gary Stern. Gary went on. I love when I love press releases. Like Gary went on. Like, like it's written like this. Like, really? Like, like, was Gary just talking and you just caught him in the middle of these two sentences? So Gary went on to say, I am not retiring. With Stern's growth, I can't be day-to-day responsive as the export salesman and perform my CEO duties. With a successful 35-year history in commercial and consumer distribution, manufacturing, and operations, Doug brings a vast amount of experience to his new position. He's basically like, this guy's going to be my (laughs) lapdog when he gets here. He's going to do everything that I don't want to do because all I want to do is roll up all the money I'm making off you suckers and smoke cigars and and, and put tons of money in the bank with Kamikau. All right, Gary goes on to say, I know Doug says this, I'm very excited to be joining Stern Pinball and using my skills and experience to help our distribution partners expand their markets. I have a long history of selling Stern Pinball products. I worked in the industry when Gary started the company. Old buddies helping each other out. Old buddies who had companies that were at each other's throats are now teamed up again. They've joined hands and they're singing pinball kumbaya. All right. All is well now. Okay. Uh, you know, see, here's the thing is like, let me ask you a question. So Doug went over to Stern Pinball in 2018. When's the last time you heard from Doug? How much has he talked to the community? How much has he been involved in Stern Pinball and your lives? This is what happens. It's almost like selling out in a way to go over there and just take the Stern paycheck. But I don't know. I don't know. But I'll say this, it's always got to be enticing for people to join Stern because there's always sales growth. There's always movement. There's always stuff happening. And Chicago Gaming Company, as awesome as the games are, seven years and they made three titles. In seven years, Stern makes almost 30 titles. So think about that. That's always Stern's incentive to everyone in the industry. If you want to be a part of something where things are happening... You join Stern Pinball. If you want to be a part of something where there's always delays, where there's always pauses, where there's always financial insecurity, you join everybody else. Now, I'm not, I am not—I don't think CGC is in financial trouble, but the delays have to just wear you down over time. And Doug left right after there was more delays with Monster Bash Remake. And maybe he just got sick of waiting around. I don't know. But what I do know is this, shortly after Doug leaves, he leaves in May 20 uh, May 29th of 2018. Chicago Gaming Company absolutely fumbles the reveal of Monster Bash remake. And remember, up to this point, nobody was nobody knew officially what game number 3 was. Do you know how everybody found out? Because of a trademark filing they did on July 21st. And that is how the world got confirmation that Chicago Gaming Company was making Monster Bash Remake. There was no event, there were no photos, there was no party, there was no unveiling, there was nothing special about it. It was a legal document and I'll read it right now. It was a filing by Chicago Gaming Company and it just says pinball machines and they were filing trademarks for medieval madness, attack from Mars and Monster Bash. And that is how the world found out that they were making it. And you know how they confirmed it? They then had to go on Facebook and put up a post that said, Clearly keeping secrets is not our specialty. Luckily, making awesome games is. You guys caught us. We officially confirm the next game is Monster Bash. Thankfully, the super cool features are still our little secret. Stay tuned for the official game announcement. We're pretty sure it'll blow you away. All right. The game is finally shown to the world at Pinball Expo in 2018. And Monster Bash, again, a completely beautiful game. And I'm not going to go over all the features. It's got another beautiful topper. It's got a limited edition plaque that comes on, on the apron. It's it's just beautiful. The The enhancement features with the LEDs and the lights and new sculpts and everything about the game just once again shows people that when Chicago Gaming Company does a game, they don't just do the game justice, they enhance it to a level that is incredible. And I think anyone who ever stands over a Chicago Gaming Company game knows that and realizes that. And if you haven't stood over one, you will be blown away. You will be blown away. And so that sort of takes us to today. Now there is There is one interesting fact about Monster Bash Remake that maybe not all of you realize, and that is someone who's actually making a pinball machine with Jersey Jack Pinball right now, who's a big pinball fanatic. He loves lots of pinball games. One of his favorite pinball games is Monster Bash. And Chicago Gaming Company, when they were remaking Monster Bash, they made five special versions of the game. And these special versions of the game included a new translate that featured instead of Dracula, they put this individual's face on the character on the translate and he has one edition of that game and the people who run CGC have the other I think four variations of the game. And that individual, who has his very own personalized version of Monster Bash is no other than Guns N' Roses lead guitarist Slash. If you don't believe me that Slash has his very own version of Monster Bash Remake with his image on the translate, Canadas Pinball Podcast is going to put up the image on my Facebook page. I'll also make up the image of this podcast and look closely, you'll see Slash. I'm also going to put Canada's face on it so that everyone can't take credit for me once again giving you some news in the pinball hobby in which there is no news. So that brings us to today. It brings us to today and Chicago Gaming Company has now shipped three games and their fourth title, which once again is delayed, their fourth title is supposed to be Cactus Canyon. They're redoing the code on the game. They're going to add to the code of the game. But once again, it's just like, where are these games? And it's going to be amazing. It's going to be spectacular. But I do think there is a little bit of fatigue setting in. Where if they've already announced Big Bang Bar and Theater of Magic and Cactus Canyon, why doesn't Chicago Gaming Company simply ask people, What do you want to see next? Why not let the people vote on the remake they want to see next? It's the cat's out of the bag. Wouldn't it be nice for the consumers to say, like, just give us Big Bang Bar. Just give us theater of magic and to sort of, and to sort of make people wait such a long time, knowing that we know what the games are. It is a little bit frustrating to follow this company. And then to add things into the mix now is, is the whole notion that it's not just remakes they're doing. Chicago Gaming Company is tooling up to make original titles that are based on licensed themes. And we just heard a couple weeks ago that Spooky Pinball and Chicago Gaming Company have teamed up to make Ben Heck's next game as a cross-collaboration between Spooky Pinball and Chicago Gaming Company. So Chicago Gaming Company has big plans. The other designer they have on board who's helping them make their original games that are licensed IPs is Mark Ritchie. So they have Steve Ritchie's brother, Mark Ritchie, the guy who made Kingpin the guy who made Indiana Jones, right, for Bally Williams. I mean, Mark Ritchie is, is an incredibly famous pinball designer. And so the rumors are that he's working on Pulp Fiction and he's working on, well, he's working on, a I hear a Tarantino game for Chicago Gaming Company, and he's working on a sci-fi title. I'm hearing rumors of it's the Goonies. Who knows what it's going to be, right? And the other thing too is they also have Christopher Franchi over there. Christopher Franchi joined them, and he's worked on the Medieval Madness remake, Topper. So they're remaking the remake of Medieval Madness. We got the Royal Edition that's about to come out, and those are also delayed. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 so, it's always the same story. But now you got Franchi, who is one of the greatest pinball artists ever, who hasn't really been utilized since the Munsters. I mean, the man just won Best Artist in Pinball, and he's got no game out there. But he's gonna be working on the future games for CGC. But now, where is all this going now? There is no way, there is no way CGC's plans are not gonna be disrupted by this pandemic. Parts supplies, getting consumers to open up their wallets might be harder than ever before, but getting their company together might be hard now. They're in a stay-at-home state in Chicago, so getting everyone into the factory is going to be problematic. I know for a fact that there are medieval madnesses just waiting to go out, but they've gotta wait on parts. And a lot of these parts, People don't get this. They come from China. They come from overseas. And so people have been really, really waiting patiently for all those Royal Edition Medieval Madness games. Remember, those games were, they they were talked about in October. That's where, at, at Expo is when they talked about the Medieval Madness Royal Editions. And still, October, November, December, January, February, March, we're in April. Seven months, people, since Medieval Madness Royal Editions were announced. Seven months ago, they announced a remake of a remake and the delays and the delays and the delays. So I don't think I've unfairly called them the Chicago delaying company. What I'd like to see from CGC moving forward is the same thing I'd like to see from Jersey Jack pinball. They've got a hundred thousand square foot facility. They've got more than enough talent that knows how to put together incredible machines. They now need efficiencies. They need more than one game a year on the line. It just doesn't cut it anymore. When you've got all these resources and all these talented people, people don't want to wait so long to get stuff. And that's been the story of CGC. For me, the most exciting thing is not remakes. Remake games, you see what happens when they come out. They're beautiful, they're nice, but no one really talks about them much because we've been playing these games forever. It doesn't mean they're not great games. It doesn't mean they're still not classics, but they're not new. You know, they're like digitally remastered movies. You can digitally remaster a movie that you've seen your whole life. And sure, it's fun to see those additions, but there's something about going in and experiencing something for the first time. And that's why I'm most excited to see what the original games are from CGC. Now I'm worried that we might never see them. I don't know how far into the development they are of those games, but I can't imagine they're anywhere around the corner. I mean, where's Cactus Canyon? It's like it takes them so long to make games where they're just copying the blueprint for a lot of the game. I get they have to redo some of the code and some of the dots and whatnot, but for the most part, the game is designed. So if it takes them this long to remake a game that's already been designed, How long is it going to take them to make a game from scratch? But I'll end this podcast by saying, if they figure it out, if they figure it out, it's going to be worth it because when you stand over a Chicago gaming company game, the quality is far better than Stern. The stuff that's in these games for the price is far more for your money than Stern Pinball. They're just not new. That's the only problem I have with these companies. It's like as awesome as it is to stand over a medieval madness and a monster bash and an attack from Mars. And yeah, you you enhanced some of the greatest games ever. Now it's like, show me what you got. Like, what can you do new? Can you apply this quality? Because I'm really curious to see if these guys over at Chicago Gaming Company if they can engineer new things that are as magical as the things they're recreating. That's what I wanna see. Can Chicago Gaming Company put into a game something as magical as a medieval madness castle? Can they put tons of features and mechs into the game like Monster Bash? Can they create an atmosphere like Attack from Mars? Can they do that? Do they understand the principles of how to make a game a classic knowing that they've been staring at these classics for so many years? So we will see. We will see. This has been Canada's Pinball Podcast. Journey through the story of Chicago Gaming Company. As you can tell, you're, you're probably fatigued just listening to it all. I, I'm going to say this completely honestly. This has been the longest I've ever had to take to do a podcast. Between the research and just recording it and going back and forth, it, this, this is not fun. This was like so much work. Now, you get to enjoy it in, in, in a snackable size portion. But I just want to let you know that when we do more companies, it's not going to be this difficult to follow because Chicago Gaming Company and PPS and WMS and SPI, all this, all this all over the place. I'm happy to say that it's finally at a place where I think you can understand who Chicago Gaming Company is, where they come from and what we have to look forward from them. Everybody stay safe stay inside, do your part. Don't be like those idiots on Pinside who told you it would be over in 10 days, who still think the stock market and the economy is going to bounce back in a week. People are getting fired left and right. People are are, are dying left and right. Stay safe. That's the most important thing. We'll talk to you soon. Later.